Hey now, who wants to be more influential? I know, you think you're influential. I got news for you. And my guest today has big news for you. You're not as influential as you think, but we're gonna solve that problem. You see, you are in for a treat. This is gonna be special. You're gonna get the secrets to influencing your clients, to influencing perhaps your boss, and most importantly, to influence the people you care about most to do what's good for them. Join me today as I discuss influence, persuasion, and how to get things done through the magic of working with other people. My guest is Stacey Hankey, and you're gonna wanna hear what she has to say. Sit back and get ready. Actually, buckle your seatbelt because we're gonna talk influence today with Stacy. Join me for this episode of The Inside BS Show. Stacy, welcome to the show. I can't wait to get my kids to do everything I tell them. How do we do that? <laughs> exactly, well, after that introduction, you put the, the stakes are really high here. Listen, I've gotten I've gotten to know you. You're going to deliver. I have complete confidence. Yeah. So, well, first I want to hear what made you focus your research? What made you decide to look at influence as an area for you to build your company around? Yeah, you know, I've always been focused on like the whole idea of communication, both verbal and nonverbal. And just over the years, Dave, with the many different corporate jobs that I had and leaders that I had the opportunity to interact with, I was always so intrigued with the fact of how can you be behaving a certain way and you don't even know you're doing it? Or how can you be saying a message, but you don't realize how it's landing? And over the years, I just realized, Dave, it's, it's not, you know, we hear a lot about presentation skills, training, and how you present. And I always thought, I don't think that works. It's so much about how do you present yourself every day? Is that consistent? And especially now in our world, whether it's virtual, hybrid, in person, if that's consistent, how you show up, how you stay showed up, and then that message, that experience leave behind, that is influence. By that definition, Dave, you and your listeners can realize that it's it's more than just turning this stuff on and, and turning it off. It's the consistency of it. And that's what makes it hard, which is why I always throw out the comment that you did at the beginning of this. Most people believe they're more influential than they really are. And it's just because of how they define it and how they experience it. Yeah. You know, I, so let's let's break it down. There's um, there's people who think uh, you know you said something really interesting there that we could probably talk about for an hour. People think that influence is uh, Dave sits down with Stacy and says, "Hey Stacy, you know I think this would be great for you to do. All right, have a good day." And then Stacy goes and does it right. But that's not really what influence is. You mentioned consistency and you know, uh, connecting. And my entire career has, has been about convincing people that frequency of communication builds trust. So talk about the long game and the short game when it comes to influence, right? No, nobody, people who don't know you, like you, and trust you, they're probably not going to take your advice seriously, let alone allow you to influence them. And influence is receiver-based. So talk about how, you know, long game versus short game. 
Yeah. And I think if, if maybe we put it into everyone's personal day-to-day experiences, how many times have you experienced someone in your life where they'll behave a certain way and you're thinking, oh, this is why I trust you. This is why I want to hang out with you because you just, you make me feel good. I don't know why or what you're doing. And then the next time you meet with them, Dave, you're thinking, who are you? What? And we all, we all know people like that. And the challenge with that, so this leads to your question, the challenge with once we experience someone's inconsistencies, we automatically start questioning other areas of their life that they may be inconsistent, how they run their business, how they interact in relationships, how they raise their family. And, and whether that's fair or not, it's a very natural tendency that we do. And with leaders or sales professionals, whatever role you're in, once you've got people starting to guess who's going to show up today, who's going to show up virtual versus hybrid, you start to create doubt in your listener's mind. And one of the toughest things to develop, and we all know this with a relationship, is to build trust. Once you start damaging that trust, you know, people keep guessing. Rather, consistency equals authenticity, which then ties to trust. You know, so, so there's so much out there that says, be authentic. Well, that's great, but you've got to be able to unpack that and figure out, well, what does authenticity mean to me? Then ask yourself, whatever that perception is that I want to be perceived as, my personal brand that I want to create Monday to Monday, is it consistent? And without it, sometimes you'll influence people, sometimes not. I think any sales professional that really is successful in sales, especially in the last two years, anytime it gets really, really tough to sell, is the truth behind who is really consistent with that type of influence. And I just use sales as an example because they're constantly, right? That, that's the obvious. But no matter, again, what role you are, every conversation is an opportunity to influence action and to invite the next interaction. Yeah, and I want to I want to rope back in the the lawyers and the CPAs who heard the word sales and they're either walking to the ledge of the roof of their building right now or they've completely turned this thing off. There's nobody who needs the power of influence more than someone who's got to sit across from a client and convince them to do what's good for them. If you've ever tried to convince a diabetic relative not to have a second piece of cake or, you know, tried to convince um, your Uncle Joe to stop smoking because you wanted him to be around for your daughter's wedding or, you know, tried to get your best client to, you know, redraw, redraw up his documents, his trust and estates documents, because he's gotten married and had two kids since he redid, since he did them five years ago, you know, that just because something's good for someone doesn't mean they're going to do it. And that's where influence comes in. So Stacy, talk to us about the rational elements of influence versus the emotional elements of influence. What you know, how how should we be thinking about influence with, you know, using facts versus appealing to the emotions that someone may or may not be feeling? It's really taking a close look at what influence is and what it's not. It is body language and messaging. They have to be consistent. So that's that's the real rational piece of it is first understanding what really is influence. Now, for, I'm going to demonstrate this because it's words okay. versus demo, right? If when you first started interacting with me, if this would have been my behavior, 
Um, so uh, I uh, I really think that um, influence is something that um, is is critical in our day to day. And, um, and, and we see this, we see this, I don't care how much experience you've had in your world. What I've learned over my 20 years of doing this work is people don't realize that their behavior and their messaging have to relate in order for someone to first trust you, then listen, and then drive the action. The very first step is it's not just your message. It's not the years of experience you've had in your role. It's not your credentials. I mean, I, Dave, I've worked with CEOs who their assistants are more influential than they are. Mm-hmm. And until, and I think what happens when you, when you're, you've been in your industry for a number of years and you're really good at what you do, right? Who's going to tell you, wow, it just, it takes you a long time to get to the point. It's tough to follow your conversation. And that's where I think people really need to look to the rational side of first, what is the definition of it? And then how do you make sure that no matter what conversation you're having, the person you're trying to influence feels that they can see that you're truly passionate around your message versus here's why I think you should um, sign these uh, documents. Yeah, I think it. I think that makes sense. I think that's. I think that's great. Making sure your message and your delivery are completely congruent. Now, we both talked about the fact that people think they're more influential than they are at the at the outset of our time together. Why do we think we're? Why? Why? What makes us think we're so you know important to other people? <laughs> right. Right. And, and please know, I'm you know, important. I, I'm not even right. important in my living room. Like I'm not the most important person in my house. So why would I think I'm going to influence somebody on the street? No, right. seriously. Why do we think yeah. that? And be, before I answer that question, please know that who's ever listening in right now, know that the work that my team and I do are, are it's a very deep dive. It, it's working with I don't know why Michael, I'm in Chicago. So Michael Jordan just kind of came to mind here. It's, we work with the Michael Jordans who have been doing this for years, are already really good at what they do. And we come in and say, all right, we can get you to be even more influential. Why we don't feel, why we think we're more influential than we really are. We go off of how we feel, Dave, versus what reality states. Mm. And if we're not regularly, frequently, like at least once a week, observing ourselves through the eyes and ears of our listeners, AKA recording ourselves. And you can just do it on your phone. A lot of, you know, now being virtual for the last couple of years, you can see yourself here. It's still not the same as this. If we're not experiencing ourselves through the eyes and ears of our listeners, what's happening is when we communicate, which is probably happening to you and I right now, this very moment, we go off of how we feel rather than what reality states. So that's, that's number one. Number two, I tapped into it a little earlier is how many times, Dave, for yourself, you've asked someone, maybe after a podcast, how did I do? When we ask that type of feedback, what do you often hear in response? Things you don't want to hear. Yeah. For, for Sometimes, what do you think is more common for most? Uh, some people just blow it off and say, oh, you were great. I mean, but you got to, so you have to be prepared for, you have to be prepared one for the answer that you don't want to hear. And candidly, my advice would be go for the stuff you don't want to hear because you're right. You're going to get the surface cursory. Oh, it was great. You're going to be fine. It's terrific. Good. Nice job. That was great. And and in some cases they may be lying to you (laughs) because they, they don't have the courage to really tell you what's happening if you really want feedback, 
And it's something that you're going to ask. Maybe it's before your podcast. For example, before we got on and we were recording, if I really wanted that feedback from you, I would have said to you, Dave, here's what I'm working on. Would you listen for that? Or would you watch for that? Or here's how I want to make sure I come across. And then when we're done recording, you and I take two minutes, you give me all this feedback. And then based on what I feel like I'm willing to commit to that, I literally, I have post-it notes all around in front of me right now. And it's all this feedback that I've received from my coaches, my team, my accountability partner. And as much as that is all, it's so common sense, Dave. I hear how common sense it is when it comes out of my mouth. It's not common practice, especially as we start to get comfortable in life. And we're doing really good in our career or we're getting a lot of good, nice job. So I would ask your listeners, just take on this challenge for the next week. And for one week, first ask someone that you trust is going to tell you the truth in your personal life and professional life, what you want feedback on. And then once a day, once a day for the next seven days, record yourself, whether it's audio, video, just do it on your phone. When you watch it back, you're watching for and listening for how did I feel during that interaction versus what reality states. And that's going to give you a baseline on, all right, here's where I'm at. Most importantly, how much work, how much grit do I have to do the next level of work that I want? Yeah, that's such that's such great advice. I mean, I I think back to there was a there was a period in time when I was I was speaking in front of audiences way too much, and I had three three days in a row, three speaking engagements in a row, and I started off with an event in front of a an audience of all women, high energy, great. I followed a I followed a good speaker. I didn't follow a great speaker, and it was uh, I I killed it. The audience loved it. I had such energy. So the next day I go to the next gig and it's a room full of criminal defense attorneys who, by the way, I love and they're great for my business. I love to work with them. And I get up there in the mindset of the first audience. And I'm like, hey, who wants to have some fun? Let's play Simon Says. Everybody up on your feet. Let's get going. And it was, I've done stand-up comedy. That was worse than bombing doing stand-up comedy. Like the looks I got, it was like, I, 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 you know, and, you know, because I was fully committed, I went through with it and I ended up, you know, it ended up being fine. It wasn't horrible. But my point is I left that with that second interaction feeling like it was terrible, like I bombed. I, when I got home, where do you, which audience do you think I got more business from? The second one. And I walked out of there thinking, in fact, I said to one of my friends who was at both engagements, I said, I really bombed in that second one. It was terrible. He's like, no, it just felt that way to you. It wasn't, that, that, that's not how it played. And I thought he was just being nice. But I got more from the second one than I did from the first one. Because we just don't know. You just, I mean, you obviously have to read the room. You have to work off of what you're, what you're getting from the other party. But our own self-perception can sometimes be influenced by other experiences we've had that we think are similar but aren't. So, so, so true. You know, and, and, you know, as I hear you saying this, just because I brought up Michael Jordan, I've used this example a lot. If you've seen the, it's called The Last Dance. It was a documentary. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was big. It was big pandemic, big pandemic watching. Everybody it was. watched it. Was, it. I think yeah. it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And in the documentary, Jordan talks about how he would make 1,000 shots a day, yeah. 6,000 a week. What I love about that, the follow-up to that, he said, what gets rewarded in public gets practiced in private. And one thing for your listeners is it's interesting how we put so much focus, and we should. We put so much focus in taking care of our clients and our job. The one thing that we don't is we don't make the shots ourselves for our own development. And what really, what makes Michael Jordan, what made him great, what makes any athlete to continue to be great, they're constantly working on their craft. And and I think about your audience, how they're in front of people, like 24-7, correct? And how some of the conversations they're having, people's lives depend on it. Their freedom depend on it. It, it. I always question, wow, why wouldn't you put it in your calendar that every day you're doing something to just really focus on how do you show up? How do you stay showed up? How do people experience you? And I, I, I put money on it that if your listeners really even just took to heart recording themselves for one week, it will make significant enhancements no matter where they are on their level of influence right now today. Yeah. No, I, I I think that's great. I think that's a fantastic exercise. Everybody record yourselves. And I don't care if you hate listening to yourself. It's necessary. You need to do it. It's it's something that is super important. All right, Stacey, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to give you a, a minute to think about it while I uh, read a quick spot here. So, Stacey, if we're talking about influence and persuasion – where is the line between influence, persuasion, and manipulation? And it, does that line ever get blurred? And how do we make sure for ourselves that it doesn't get blurred? Take a minute and think about that. I'm going to tell people right now that we are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors has helped families of wealth and business owners save money on their taxes. Now, Sandrowski does the, the blocking and tackling of accounting. But if you already have an accountant, that's fine. Stay with your current accountant. If you're getting ready to sell your business and you, you have a five-year time horizon for selling your business, you need to call Sandrowski because they can help you save money when you liquidate that business. Somebody pays you a truckload of money. They bring the wheelbarrow to your front door and dump the cash out on the floor. You don't want to pay taxes on all that. Sandrowski can help you. There's something called the Qualified Small Business Exemption, the Qualified Small Business Exemption. And the big four accounting firms, they don't focus on this. The Qualified Small Business Exemption is something that works in a handful of industries and has to be prepared for well in advance, at least five years in advance. So if you're looking to sell your business, the best time to call Sandrowski would have been when you formed your business. The second best time to call them is right now today. So reach out to them right now, 866-717-1607. Ask them about the qualified small business exemption because they'll need to look at your organization, the structure of your business, and determine whether you qualify. If you don't, they'll help you restructure your business and you'll save millions of dollars. Harry Sandrowski was just telling me last week that he helped someone save, get this, $10 million in taxes. The person sold their business for 40-something million and they were able to save almost 80% on their tax bill because they had structured their business the right way years earlier. 866-717-1607. That's the number for Sandrowski. Give him a call today. 
We're also brought to you by my Revenue Roadmap Guide. So if you need a business development guide, you're a professional, you need a guide that's going to help you leverage relationships and thought leadership to build your business, to build your practice, I want you to go to this website, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there. You can download the same business development plan I use with my clients. I'm using it right now with 60 some odd clients to help them build professional practices. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. It is your business development plan. It will help you get on track. It will help you stay on track and hold yourself accountable. It's my gift to you for listening and watching the show. Our guest today is Stacey Hankey. She's a communications and influence expert. You can reach out to her at 773-209-5970-773-209-5970. All right, Stacey. So I asked you a question before the break, and I want to know the difference between influence and manipulation and where the gray area is and how do we stay out of the gray area? Uh Uh-huh. It goes back to delivery. It's going to go back to delivery, whether or not you adapt your message on the fly and the word choice, those three. So if you think about the adaptation, if we sound like the conversation is all about us and how does it sound that way? I believe, I think, I hope, but be careful with the word hope, by the way, and where you use it. I hope everyone found this beneficial. Your listeners are thinking, what does she mean hope? And the I, 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 if we're always using I, Dave, we're never taking care of your listeners' why. What I mean by that is, why is this information important to them? Why should they care? Why is this conversation happening now? And really digging deep into that. So adaptation and word choice ties together. Manipulation is also, you can t- can't you tell when someone's not speaking from the heart? And you can tell because it's the body language, right? I mean, you can see watching me today is you, you'll see the my eyebrows raise. I've got a lot of facial expressions. I have changes in my voice because I truly believe in what we do every day versus telling you what to do. And I think, I believe you should do it this way. And it just, it comes with that tone comes across really harsh. And when you don't speak from the heart and people can read through that, they're wondering, I don't trust you, which is now fine line manipulation, Right. So it's word choice, it's the body language, and it is adapt the message on the fly. Start using, I know this sounds so common sense, but check in with yourself. Are you really doing this? Adapt your message by using their words. Let them do most of the talking. Ask those open-ended questions to figure out what lane are they in right now so that anytime I speak, I'm peppering their words into my conversation. I'm also always focused on their why versus my need and my want. So, Stacy, how do we make sure that the ideas we're giving to uh, our clients, they're adapted and, um, you know, internalized so that those ideas become the client's ideas? I don't care if I get the credit. I just want to get the result. And the way to get the result, the way to get the buy-in is to get the client to think it's their idea. And that's, you know, you can call it inception. That's like the master's level of influence. How do we make that happen? Yeah, there's there's three. And then I'll dive in. It's the open-ended questions, brevity. We haven't talked about brevity yet. I'll tie those together. And then the benefits. If your client, to get them to really feel like this was their idea, they've got to know that you heard them. Well, how do they know that? They know when you're quiet and you're actively listening. So that's the brevity. And they know because you're using their words. Well, the only way I can figure out where my client sits right this very moment, ask, what are your thoughts? What's been your experience with? What's your feedback around? After you ask that open-ended question, Dave, you learn to pause, 
and outpaws everyone. And I know this is another piece. It sounds common sense. The biggest mistake I see that we make is we lack brevity. And as you're pausing, you're listening to figure out, okay, what are they saying? What's really important to them? You're listening behind their words. Why are they saying what they're saying? Then you go on to the next step. You can adapt that message on the fly and tie it to the benefits. People want to know that they're heard. People want to know that you really understand where they sit right now and what are you recommending that's truly going to give them value? Because if the value is great enough to reduce my pain, I'm more likely to be influenced by what you say. So sometimes there's just, I really want to emphasize Dave brevity. There's, there's something about the power of you and I in a conversation and we're not interrupting each other. I know this is kind of a different, you're asking me all the questions, but even when you and I first started this conversation before we start recording, it was equal. And when we can just take a step back and let your client talk, you are going to discover probably so much more information about them that you didn't realize was there because the invitation never came to them. And from, from I, I think you're spot on I, and I love that advice. I, you know, one of the things that I think is missing from a conversation. Your, your point about listening is well taken. You listen to understand, you don't listen to reply, right? But I think the one thing that's really missing from a lot of conversations is just good old fashioned curiosity. You can call it intellectual curiosity if it makes you feel better. But if, you're, if you are not interested in the person who's sitting across the table from you, you shouldn't be in that conversation. Now look, if you're at a cocktail party and your spouse dragged you there or your friends dragged you there, it's a different story. But in business, we get to choose who we sit across the table from. You know, surprise, clients just don't show up. You pick them. So if you pick this person, give them the deference of asking them, so what's your opinion on this? They tell you, well, why? Why, why do you feel that way? How did you form that opinion? Why is that important to you? Why is it important to your company? And if you actually achieve that, how will it change you, change your life, change your world? You know, all of those things, if you don't care about them, you're never going to be able to have the kind of influence you want to get the client to a better place. And, and everything that you say or you're saying, if you unpack that, it's everything we've been talking about. Right. Body language has to communicate that, that the listening between the lines of what are they really saying and adapting the message on fly. Put it this way. I think about even after this call, I'm going to feel it because my focus, I'm so focused on what you're saying in case you ask me a question, but I'm wondering, well, I think there's more there. I think I can unpack that even more. That's kind of the feeling I describe to people is after an interaction, you really should feel like, whoa, it, it, it's like, this in comparison, it's like going to the gym. You haven't been to the gym in a while and you haven't done a sit up in a while. Yeah. You do a couple of sit ups the next day, your abs, yeah. they're going to be talking to you. Yeah. The brain should be that, that, that same feeling of you really feel like, wow, I forgot about the kids in the background, the dogs off to my right. I forgot about what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. And, and you really sink in and say, this client chose to be here. So I'm going to make sure that on every conversation they have today, it's mine that is most memorable and has the greatest impact on them. 
All right, so Stacy, tell us what your what you what you and your team do to help people with this stuff. So, how do you help them weaponize all this great information? I love the term weaponize. I just wanted to throw in weaponize into an influence conversation. You know, right? Um, how do we do that? So, how do you help people do that? Yeah, we first increase the awareness, and we do that around a lot of videotaping and recordings, giving them a chance to see. I guess I should take a step back. We first always ask them. Why are you doing this training with us? Why would you want to do this right now? Because we've got to figure out their why. And then what do you want to get? What is your communication style? From there, we know, okay, this is our baseline, but we have to let them see it. So the video recording is huge first. From there, think of like a, a golf lesson or a tennis lesson. We're working with someone who's a pro, has been communicating for a very long time, like all of us have. And we'll just start unpacking. We'll say, all right, swing the golf club a couple of times, record it. And then we're going to take a look at what can you do based on your expectations of our training to get to the next level. So there's a lot of recording. The next step is after they see for themselves what's happening versus what they feel, then we start throwing out, all right, how are you going to hold yourself accountable? How are you going to take this concept of brevity and apply it in your day-to-day conversations? I am a big believer, Dave, that it's not about I come on this podcast with you and suddenly I talk a certain way. I mean, I mean, you're getting what you got before we even start recording. 100%. 100%. How I always yeah. do it, right? Yes. Because I learned early in my career, give you something real common sense. If you're using a lot of ums and ahs and so and to start your sentences, I can't use those words on the weekend and then suddenly come to work on Monday and be like, all right, no um the entire week. It will never happen. And when we can teach our clients like an athlete practices, Think about every interaction is an opportunity to practice. When you can go into that, right? You go into that mentality, suddenly you start making enhancements. Whatever it is that client wants to improve. I, I always tease mentees when they want to work with me for a period of time. I had someone the other day say, can you guarantee it works? I said, of course I can. I go, it, it'll work. I can't guarantee though that you're going to do the work. <laughs> then I joked with him, Dave, I said, here's the deal. I've got a really good track record. <laughs> Don't be the first client to ruin it. <laughs> Keep my track record. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that you, uh, that you turned it right back around on him. You know, I, I, I'm fascinated by people who look for a guarantee in professional services. Like, would you go to the gym and say to the trainer, Hey, listen, um, I really don't want to do the sit-ups. I don't want to use any of the machines. In fact, I don't really even want to come here, but I'll pay you. Do you do you guarantee that if I give you twenty five hundred dollars, um, you know, and you block off 10, 15 hours uh, of your time a week, maybe I'll show up, maybe I won't. Do you guarantee that I'll get then? And you know, the trainer's gonna look at you and you know, pop you in the mouth, maybe. Um, but people are looking for guarantees from, from folks in professional services. You know, uh, when people ask me that, do you, do you guarantee that this will work? I look at them and I go, I guarantee it works for me. I mean, because I know my ability to execute. So if you're prepared to do the work, it will work for you. But I, I can only guarantee my own performance. You should make a guarantee to yourself that you're going to do this. I am going to steal that analogy from you because I've used the analogy before, like the whole sports analogy just works well in our industry. I mean, if ever 
you've ever had to go through physical therapy for something. And I remember I've done my share of physical therapy due to sports injuries. And that was the first thing the therapist would always say. He said, well, we'll, we'll do everything we can during your one hour session. However, if you don't do the work outside of this physical therapy room, you're not, nothing will change. And that's truly, and that's truly our work. But here's where we back it up though, Dave, because every interaction is an opportunity to practice. We really break it apart for individuals to say, all right, based on where you are right now with influence, where you want to go, here's what you can do. Every day, if you choose to, that's not going to ask you to carve out one o'clock for an hour every Tuesday. It's not what it is. It's carve out the consciousness that every interaction you have in your personal life, your professional life, you could be, you could be practicing something about your communication, whether it's verbal or nonverbal. It's carving out that consciousness that I think people obviously forget about it. No, no pun intended. Yeah. No, listen, the gym is here. I'm here. You know, the only thing that's missing is you doing the work. <laughs> it's so right. I remember back in the day I was taking golf lessons and I went for my second golf lesson. The first thing the golf coach said to me, swing the club. And I did. He looks me dead in the eye, Dave. He says, you're never going to be a good golfer. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? He said, you didn't practice, did you? I'm like, Nope, I did. And, it, you know, it's those moments in your life where you're like, wow, okay, I, I get it. You know, the thing, one of the things you've done throughout our entire time together, and I want to highlight it for, for the audience, is you've brought things back to, I mean, people can realize this for themselves, and they should take this away. If you're not experiencing something new in your life on a regular basis, you're not taking a cooking class, you're not learning a language, you're not going to get some sort of lessons or in a sport or even get coaching one-on-one -on -one in your business, you're missing out on an opportunity to understand what you knew when it was new to you. So, for example, in the, in the field of influence and persuasion, Stacy may have opened your eyes today to a bunch of things that you were doing when you were your most influential, and she also may have opened your eyes to things that you weren't doing when you needed to be influential and it didn't work. And the reason that Stacy opened your eyes to it is she brought you back to the fundamentals, to the foundation, to the basics. Now... Stacy's a shortcut. She can help you, but you could have discovered this yourself. For example, if you took a language and you sat down and you learned the, the vocabulary in that first lesson, but then you didn't practice and you came back to that next lesson and the instructor said to you, I can tell you didn't practice. You don't know these words. Just like Stacy's golf coach said to her, you didn't practice. You're never going to be a good golfer. This is the importance of investing in someone like Stacy investing in people who can help you shorten the process to being good at the things that are most necessary in business and in your life. You, you, you can read a book about influence, but if that book then is holding open the door so it doesn't slam shut after you finish reading it, it is useless because you're not doing anything with the information. So the accountability piece, the piece where somebody is there to say, you didn't show up yesterday. If you don't start showing up, you're never going to be a good golfer. 
That is essential. It's absolutely essential. And it's even more valuable when you pay that person because that demonstrates a level of commitment because you're investing in it. Isn't, isn't that the truth? We just had this whole conversation with our team, Dave, and I'm guessing in your business, you experienced the same thing. If we do a training, for example, and the participants, there's no commitment to the financial piece of it. Someone else is paying for it. You just have this attitude of, ah, I'll give a personal example. I'd signed up for a full weekend conference virtual a couple of weeks ago and it comes right down to it. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I, I kind of rather be outside and <laughs> doing stuff. And when my husband said, you're going to sit on that virtual all weekend, I said to him, I paid for it. <laughs> it came out of my pocket and I did 24 seven, eight to five every day. Now, it was a great event. It was worth it. But I think that there's a little piece of difference there, too. When you put in the investment, you're more likely to do it. And I don't, I'm not saying investment just has to be dollars. Investment is time. Investment is work. It's energy. You're more likely to commit to it. I love your analogies. Thanks for you're triggering a lot of thoughts. In no, my- it's it's fantastic. I do this in in my life. One of the things when because, uh, you know, much like uh, much like a lot of the people who are listening, I spend a lot of time by myself in my work. I have, you know, I have a team of uh, of twelve people, but they're they're not they're not here. So I spend a lot of time by myself, and the way that I keep things fresh is by trying new things in other areas of my life and drawing, you know, correlation to the work that I currently do. So my big my big passion now is. You know, I, I speak English and Spanish and I'm taking Italian lessons because I want to do business in Italy and I want to be able to do business in Italy so that it's a competitive advantage for Italians that are coming here. And also I can be the guy who goes over there and speaks to them in their own language so everybody's comfortable. So because of the time difference, there are three days a week I get up and I take an Italian lesson at 6 a.m., Eastern time. So when I'm traveling, like next week, I'm going to be in Chicago. That lesson is at 5 a.m. Okay. But I do it and I do it joyfully because that commitment is my way of reinforcing my commitment to my long-term goal. It's a daily commitment that helps me reinforce my commitment to a long-term goal. Let's draw the correlation to what we've talked about today right? You want to be more influential. You want to be more persuasive. Make the commitment on a daily basis to record yourself for 10 minutes, right? If you're a speaker, record yourself telling your best story for three minutes, your opening story or your closing story for three minutes every day. See how much better it gets over the course of a week or two weeks. This is the Michael Jordan taking a thousand shots in the gym when nobody's around as they're turning out the lights so that he can hit the game winning shot in the big game. I mean, we, that's the way we need, we all need to be thinking about this for, for our businesses. That's the way we need to dedicate ourselves. And I really appreciate you highlighting that today because now you got me all fired up. I got to get on the phone with some clients and fire them up now. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, exactly. It's so, and I, I wish I remember who it was. It was another big time athlete. And there was a podcast not too long ago where he, we'll call him Dave, he was in the gym practicing the morning of the day of the game. One of the athletes from the other team, the component happens to come in the gym as well. And the other athlete saw Dave working out in the gym and he's like, 
I've got to, I got to do this too, right? Two hours later after it, he's, they're still both in the gym. And finally, the guy that had walked in on Dave is like, I'm done. And he asked him, he goes, I think it was Colby. I think that's who it was. Anyway, he had asked Colby, how, what, how are you still practicing? And Colby said, when I saw you walk in here, I knew that I could out-practice you. He's like, no one's going to out-practice me. And, and I see that in some of the people that we work with one-on-one that just make these massive changes. And it's not because of me. It, it's They just are like, no one, no one is going to outwork me. All right. So I need you now, Stacey, to think about three things we're going to take away from our time together. Okay. Three, three really important things. While you're doing that, I'm going to remind folks that Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is the sponsor of our show. And they're here for you if you need tax planning or you need a business valuation. So tax planning, pretty simple. Pay less in taxes, right? If you haven't sat down with a CPA and looked at uh, the way your business is organized, the way you are managing your lifestyle, the, the deductions you're taking on your personal return, you need to do that. And you need to do it with a fresh set of eyes, Carl Sandrowski. But if you're a professional and you're listening to this, maybe you're a lawyer and you have an issue and at issue is the value of a business or the value of a piece of a business, you need to call Sandrowski because they've been doing business valuations for over 30 years. You see, they have a specific division run by a gentleman named John Alfonsi, who's a fantastic uh, CPA, but he also does business valuations. And most importantly, he can testify to the valuation. You see, it's not just enough to get an accurate assessment, an accurate valuation of the business. You also have to be able to convince the judge or God forbid, a jury that this is the value of the business so that you can win the case. When it's time for you to look for someone who can value your business or who can explain the value of that business to others, you need to call Sandrowski. You can reach out to them at 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Don't forget my gift to you, the Revenue Roadmap Guide. Go to that website, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info. Download a business development plan that will help you grow your book of business and do it in a way that's natural through relationship-based business development and thought leadership. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Enter your contact info. Download that today. We're speaking with Stacey Hankey. She is an influence and persuasion expert, communications expert as well. You can reach out to her at 773-209-5970-773-209-5970. Stacey, three things that we should take away from our time together today. Whenever you're watching this interview, within the next 24 hours, ask someone in your personal life and your professional life to give you feedback. And all you need is someone that's going to tell you the truth. After that, then you're going to make the commitment. What is it that you want to take from the feedback? Number two, as Dave had reminded you before, record yourself at least once a day. Just do it on your phone. Do that for the next seven days. And number three, not in any particular order, is I believe in 90 days and 30 day plans. So if you're going to do all this work, at least have that goal. Think of like you're, you're hiring a personal trainer. In 90 days, what do you want to accomplish with your communication? And then every 30 days, what do you need to do those 30 days to reach the 90? And before you know it, well, you know we're already, we're recording this on April 1st. 
you already have those 90 days. Yeah, that's great advice. That's awesome advice. Thank you. Life is going to life is going to move on. As Ferris Bueller said, life moves pretty quick. If you don't watch out, it could pass you right by. Stacy Hankey, you're a treasure. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. You folks need to call Stacy today. Reach out to her at 773-209-5970-773-209-5970. Stacey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being my guest today. It was a pleasure having you. You're welcome. Thanks for trusting me with your viewers and your followers. Thanks. Alrighty, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. If you tune back in tomorrow, you may see me step on my headphone line, pull the headphones out of the socket three different times, knock over a microphone, spill some water. Who knows what could happen? Join me back here again tomorrow for another episode of the Inside BS Show. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.